0: All right, all right. Hey, you guys can sign up for World Mandate today right after the service in the, uh, in the next room. We got a little deal going. We're giving away some Antioch T-shirts if you sign up today, all right? So you get a discount for signing up early, Bird. I think it's $45 if you sign up today and you walk out with the sweet T-shirt, all right? So go ahead and jump in. You're, you're not going to want to miss this weekend. It, is, uh, it has been a significant moment. It's just a window. There's nothing special about those dates, but there's a window where God always meets with Antioch in such a unique way during this, this time and, um, and kind of just shifts some things around. Raise your hand if you've ever heard, if, if God shifted something in your life at a world mandate. Let's get it up there. Yep. Raise your hand if you ended up in some crazy nation on the planet this past summer because God spoke to you something at a world mandate. Yep. You will not regret it, guys. All right. So um, in case you haven't noticed, we got a, a huge horse trough up here Because um, we're gonna dunk some people today. It's Baptism Sunday, and um, and it it is uh, an amazing, amazing opportunity. If you've never been with us before, if you're visiting, just out of curiosity, um, any family here visiting today, or just out of towners in for the game, get your hands up. Just if you're in for the weekend, praise God. So glad, so glad you guys have joined us here this morning. Uh, We've got six people that are going to get baptized in this service, um, and we have another 10 people that are going to get baptized in the 11 a.m. service. And, um, you know, we've been in this series for the last couple of weeks called Life with Jesus, and just talking about the life that we have been invited into with Jesus. If we just did a word study in the New Testament on the word life, I mean, we would be blown away. We'd have enough just like gospel food for our souls for for months, you know, but we are invited into this resurrection life, right? We're invited into this abundant life. We're invited into this eternal life with Jesus and that the eternal life with Jesus starts um, now. It's not an eternal life we're waiting for someday in the future. Jesus himself said, uh, this is eternal life that you'd know me. So knowing Jesus is eternal life. So for those of us that know Jesus, it's already started. We're just getting warmed up for eternity, getting to spend life with Jesus, right? And But life with Jesus starts with the gospel. Life with Jesus starts with the gospel. The word gospel just means good news. The life with Jesus starts with the good news about the life, death, and resurrection of this man named Jesus, who we believe was God incarnate, that God stepped out of heaven, took on flesh and blood, humbled himself to walk in the mess of this world that we created with with our sin, to enter into our destruction so that he could pull us up out of it. That's the good news, is that God has not stayed at a distance, but he entered into our brokenness. Amen? He came into our mess so that he could redeem us and pull us out of it. And so this is the good news. And baptism is this prophetic act that really embodies this gospel message, right? Because the gospel message is that Jesus came and he died and he was, and he was risen to new life. And that for any of us that would place our faith and receive this Jesus, that we can enter into and actually be like, crucified with him, die with him, and come into a new life. How many of you guys want a new life? I mean, honestly, how many of you guys, like, I could use a new one. I could use a fresh start. Like, I mean, look around our world. Is our world not just, like, starving for a new life, right? We come up with all these ways to, like, reinvent ourselves or, you know, hey, hey, New Year's resolutions coming right around the corner, right? Get something in us, guys, like, hungers for a newness, We sense that there is more, amen? We sense that there's so much incredible potential to this life that we have, but something's broken. Something's gotten off. The gospel message is a solution. The gospel message that with Jesus, we enter into his death and we die to this old way of life and we're actually resurrected to something new. And the gospel, it's this incredible picture the baptism is this incredible picture of the gospel. And it really signifies this, uh, that we've been pulled, literally, we go under the water and then we get pulled out of the water, right? So think of what the gospel has pulled you out of, okay? He, it pulls us out of bondage into freedom. The gospel of Jesus, the, 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 me- the, the good news of the blood of Jesus for your restoration, forgiveness, and salvation pulls you out of bondage into freedom. It pulls us out of slavery into sonship. It pulls us out of being ruled and persecuted by sin to where we actually become raised up with Jesus. The Bible says to reign in life with him. We go from a place. It reminds me of the Israelites in the Old Testament. whether you're familiar with their history or not, there's this people group that literally was enslaved for 400 years in the land of Egypt. They were held bondage. They were slaves. They had no land or no country. There were millions of them that were put into slavery. The Egyptians were getting a little nervous that these people, the Jews, there were too many of them. They were getting too strong because God was blessing them. They were multiplying them. They said, "We we need to do something so they don't rise up against us. So they enslaved them. And the story of the Old Testament is basically the gospel on a nation. Okay, Nobody understood that. So the, the picture of the Israelites in the Old Testament is basically it was foreshadowing the gospel, but instead of doing it on an individual life, it was doing it on an entire nation. Let me show you a people group that was enslaved, that was in bondage. Let me show you this group called the Israelites. They were enslaved in the land of Egypt, and God rose up a mighty deliverer and literally Freed through what's called the Exodus in the Old Testament. Freed an entire nation from within a nation. And these two million Israelites walked out of bondage. Walked out of slavery. But how many of you guys know and the the purpose was not just to get them out of the land of Egypt. It wasn't just to deliver them. It was actually, there was a fulfillment. He was leading them somewhere. If you know the story, where was he leading them to? The promised land. You see, it's never just about the deliverance. It's never just about the salvation. It's about the promise. It's about the new life. So, this people in the Old Testament becomes this picture for us of the gospel out of bondage into freedom, out of slavery into sonship, out of persecution into conquest, right? They literally went from a place where they had no land, they had no rights, and they had no power. And God took them on a journey. He cut their enemies off from them. He took them on a journey where they learned to walk with him in the wilderness and hear his voice, and eventually where they came into a land of promise, where this nation that had no land that had no authority, then walked in and began to conquest territory on the earth. And in a relatively short period of time, this people group that was in bondage became the most prosperous nation on the face of the planet. And it's a picture of the gospel. It's a picture for us that Jesus didn't just come to save us. He came to restore us and pull us into the promised land where we walk with him, where we conquest territory with him, where we reign with him. Do you guys know that it's not just about getting you out of slavery? It's about making you a king. It's about you leaving the old way where the world dominated you, where sin ruled over you, resurrecting you out of that junk and pulling you to a place where now you reign in life over sin. It's no longer master over you. You're master over it, and you walk in freedom, and you reign in life with Jesus. Life with Jesus. This is the gospel. This is the good news. And so we're gonna look at Romans 6 for a few minutes this morning before we jump into this, because I I just really believe you're going to hear six testimonies this morning, and they're amazing. I can't wait for you to hear the stories that you're going to hear today. But But I just, as you flip to Romans 6, I just believe so strongly today that... God has a gospel encounter for every single one of us in the room. Sometimes we come to a baptism Sunday, and we're like, oh, cool, another person's salvation, cool. And we just kind of spectate, and we just kind of clap, and we're like, I'm so happy for them. I'm so glad that you got saved. You know, I'm so glad. That is not what today is about, okay? I even told these guys, the six guys that are getting baptized, I was like, look, I'm so excited for your testimony, but it's really not even about your testimony today. It's about the testimony of Jesus, And so I believe that there is a gospel encounter for our church today and for every single one of us. Maybe it's the first time you've ever encountered the gospel. Some of you guys are going to receive Jesus today for the first time. Some of you are going to step into the freedom that the gospel that you've believed in for a long time, but you're not walking in the freedom that it purchased for you. But I believe God has a gospel encounter for us. and So we're going to look at Romans 6 for a few minutes and... um, going to get blown away by the word of God, and then we're going to hear some testimonies, and it's just going to be rowdy and fun because Jesus is alive, guys, and he's leading us into a land of promise where we're no longer held captive in bondage to this old junk way of life. He left that in the tomb. There's so much more for us. So Romans 6. We're going to read through several verses here and just kind of camp along the way for the next five minutes, all right? Y'all cool with that? What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with Him, say with him, buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Check this out. For if we have been united with him, say with him, in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him, say with him. With him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Do you guys realize that that is a legitimate biblical option that you would not be enslaved to sin? Okay, I just, just so we're on the same page, that's the normal Christian life on the other side of the gospel. Okay, with him. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with him, we believe that we shall also live with him. Are you guys seeing something here? Life with him, life with Jesus. The gospel is with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Guys, baptism is about being with him. It is this prophetic act that we are united with him. Actually, 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says this, that he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. So there's, when you receive Jesus, something happens. It's like this ma- marriage mystery where two become one flesh. I don't fully understand it. But the scripture says that when we join ourselves to God, we become one with him. With him. So that means then we immediately are crucified with him. And then we die with him. This is all, we just read all this, right? We're crucified with him, right? And then we die with him, and then we're buried with him, and then we're resurrected with him, and then we live with him. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna do that again, okay? So I want you to picture, the Bible, I believe, actually invites us to envision ourselves walking through this process with him, okay? So I want you to envision yourself. It's a little bit gruesome, but this is the gospel. I want you to envision yourself being crucified with Christ. If you've never done this before, you need to, because this is the gospel. Paul in Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with him. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I want you to envision yourself crucified with him. And then I want you to envision yourself hanging with him and breathing your last breath with him, dying with him. And then I want you to watch the scene where they pull you and Jesus off of the cross together together. And they wrap you for burial, and you're buried with him. And then you wait for a couple days in the dark of the earth with him. And then on that third day, the ground begins to shake, the stone starts to move, the light cracks in, and with Jesus, You feel a breath re enter into your lungs and you are resurrected with him. And you stand up and he looks you in the eye, and you take the grave clothes off and you walk out of the tomb with him alive. Guys, this is the gospel. Oh my gosh, how are we so stale right? with Jesus, right? Like, how are we so stale? I mean, how are we like, give him a shout of praise. I mean, sorry, but like, that's kind of where we were at the beginning of worship this morning, right? I mean, Kalen was leading us into the glory zone. You know, give him a shout of prayer, Like, Like, guys, this is the gospel. This is incredible. This is death to life, you know? And so I want us to just see this beautiful picture. In verse 4, it says that we might walk in newness of life. Church, do you know that newness of life is the normal Christian life? It's the normal life with Jesus. Verse 6 says that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Church, do you know that no longer being enslaved to sin is the normal Christian life? That's the normal life with Jesus. That's the gospel. Verse 14 says that sin will have no dominion over you. Church, do you know that sin having no dominion over you is the normal Christian life? It's the normal life with Jesus. And I know that just like the Israelites, we're all on a journey, okay? We're all on a journey. They got delivered from radical stuff. And in the the wilderness, they started making idols. And then all of the Bible warns us, please don't be like them oh my gosh, please don't be like them because I just delivered you from all this stuff. Don't, don't find a new God in the wilderness because the normal Christian life is freedom. And we walk into this today as we celebrate these baptisms. I believe it's a gospel encounter for every single one of us, amen? All right, so I wanna invite the band up here. And if you are getting baptized today, you and your friends can stand up and head over here to the, uh, from your perspective, left-hand side of the sanctuary, and um, guys, I really, I really want us to, I really want us to prepare our hearts for an encounter with the gospel through other people's stories, because I believe that, like, there's a response for every single one of us today. Like I said earlier, some of us, it's gonna be To receive Jesus for the first time. But I think for a lot of us, it's gonna be fresh revelation of the gospel and fresh freedom. I mean, guys, who needs like just a fresh encounter with the gospel? Can we be honest? Like, who needs like some fresh thankfulness rise up that like this is actually what the good news that I claim to be, the Jesus I claim to follow, like this is what it's all about? We need it. We need it. So before we hear some testimonies, we're gonna pray and ask for that gospel encounter, and then uh, we're gonna dunk some people and, and party, and it's gonna be awesome, all right? All right, so let's lay your hand in your heart. We're just gonna ask, God, we pray, we join uh, with the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 1, where he, where he prayed, Lord, would you, would you open the eyes of our hearts? Would you literally enlighten the eyes of our hearts with the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we would know you, That we would know the gospel more than we ever have encountered it before. The life and death of Jesus on the cross, followed by his radical resurrection from the grave into new life and power into the promised land. God, would we know this gospel like never before? And would you encounter our hearts today through these stories that we're about to hear? In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said, amen.